So, Rachel, we're back. Episode three already. Episode three. We've got a lot to say. And loads of glimpses of grace. So do you much like to be what glimpsed. I did there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Very good, very smooth. <laughs> so what are we doing today? What have we got on the menu? So this is the third instalment of our kind of environment pilot series, isn't it? Three out of four. Yeah. Um, so there's just more fascinating people to hear from, from around the diocese. And we're learning so much about podcasting. Yes, we are. <laughs> and we will continue to. <laughs> we will continue to do <laughs> that. many, many more episodes to come. <laughs> so we've collected some stuff again from the Stockport uh, Visitation. Yeah. Uh, visitation sounds like yes, something the angels do. Yes, we do that. What is a deanery visit? Probably good to cover. Yeah, so it's something that I'm really keen on because mm. it's all too easy, I find, as a bishop to get stuck at my desk and with emails and, you know, mm. just dealing with people Yeah, Get very few of those. <laughs> I wish that were the case. <laughs> and most of them get filtered through you. Uh, but actually... Being able to be out and about and see what's going on on the ground, meet real people, help out a little bit, encourage folk. Uh, I think that's what being bishops about. I think it's what the church should be about. Uh, so we try to do it. And the other bit of code we're using, of course, is deaneries. Yes. So the Church of England is is local uh, in in parishes, so kind of local churches or chaplaincies, mm-hmm. but they're clumped together in groups of. 10 to 15 normally um, and it's just the idea that we're better together yeah. so we have 18 deaneries around do. the diocese we do yeah so. I remember, yeah and and every parish though whether they know it or not has a parish number which is a code which includes their deanery number and i remember when i started this role thinking one day i will know every parish number in this diocese which was ambitious <laughs> And with most people, I would think that's impossible. <laughs> but with you, Rachel, I can really imagine it. Yeah, knowing which parishes and which deanery is probably a good starter rather than trying to get the parish numbers down. But um, yeah. we'll see how that goes. <laughs> but on this occasion, uh, we start in a centre which provides all sorts of uh, clothes, practical help uh, for people who have nowhere to live, mm-hmm. uh, called the Wellspring, where I met Aaron. So shall we just listen Let's to that listen conversation? To yeah. So I'm here with Aaron at the Wellspring in Stockport. Aaron, you you work here or volunteer here? Uh, I'm one of the project staff, so I'm full-time. And how long have you worked here? Uh, I think I've been here just come up to six years now. Now, most people in the whole diocese won't have heard of the Wellspring, so just in a sentence, what do you do? Uh, we help anyone that comes through the door. Brilliant. Uh, so there's no criteria as to who can attend. Yeah. Predominantly it is uh, rough sleepers, uh, people in hostels locally or anyone who's struggling or maybe facing homelessness for yeah. addiction. Yeah. Uh, so we'll help them with anything from liaising with housing and support them into hostels, uh, food, food bank vouchers, clothes, phones, yeah. uh, anything really that's yeah. going to help them move on. And it's been amazing being with yeah. you this morning because there's a real sense of community. Oh, there's a buzz around the place. And then the practicalities of piles of clothes you can give people and food. And Opticians are in this morning. Yeah, it's just so great. We had a yeah. clinic in yesterday and yeah. then we have an advanced nurse tra- practitioner and a doctor that cover the week as well. Wow. Uh, so there's a uh, medical service available Monday to Friday. So I have two questions I'm going to ask you. Okay. One is, if people are listening to this and they want to support you how can they do that and the second will be how can we as a diocese pray for you so how can people support uh, anyways uh, by volunteering offering their time um, donations through clothes and food yeah. uh, taking part in some of the fundraisers we have yeah. uh, so the one that's coming up at the moment will be the uh, Manchester 10k in uh-huh. May uh-huh. Uh, and then after that our biggest one is probably our sleep out in yeah. November October time yeah, yeah. Uh, but we have different things on throughout the year Brilliant. and if people want to know more about that do you have a website yeah, or so the website's not long been uh, upgraded. Uh, yeah. It's all been uh, so. Tell us the address. There's a lot more yeah. information. So that's www thewellspring.co.uk and thewellspring is all one word, one word yeah. .co.uk uh, so just before we go how can we be praying for you better as a diocese 
for the people that attend really and that things improve for them the uh, sort of financial crisis that most of them are facing at the moment with um, increases in bills yeah. has played a massive yeah. impact on the amount of people that attend yeah, yeah. Uh, I spoke to one individual this morning and his electric bill's gone up from something like £8 a week in a small contained flat uh, to £40 a wow. week um, he's on £348 a month okay. benefits, unable to work. It's just unimaginable, just, isn't it? Yeah, you yeah. just can't get yeah. by. Aaron, you've really blessed me this morning and I'm praying for you. Thank it's been you. so good to be with you. Thank you. Thank you. amazing projects it's just so moving to listen back mm. back to it and, you know the cost of, of living it, yeah. it affects people who are in full-time work but yeah, the effect it has disproportionately on those who have yeah. least is just yeah. it's criminal really yeah. Yeah, so. yeah and i love the way that he kind of introduced it as there is absolutely no criteria anybody can walk That's through right. the doors yeah. um it just it really re removes that sense of i don't know shame or whatever it is that people might feel in reaching out and asking for help um just being able to say there is no need for you to tick a box or sign up or do anything just come as you are yes um, and i think one of the things and, and i've seen this a lot working in different projects around the place that we don't take into account with all the welfare state because it's easy if you've never had to go through that process just to think well there's provision mm -hmm. but the dehumanizing effect mm -hmm. of even having to turn up to a food bank for example yeah. can be really really undermining but you walk into the wellspring and there's a real sense of community and there were bacon sandwiches going and i just wanted to sit down and have a bit oh, partly because i like bacon sandwiches <laughs> of course but but just joining in the conversation being part of the community it's yeah. a really impressive uh, project which is the yeah. I had a quick flick through on that wonderful new website very nice and one of the first things you come across is this phrase we offer hope and we are always here mm. and I love that and I love the link that you know that's the kind of vision that we would have as well for each parish church that we have across the diocese Absolutely we offer hope right. we are always here and the fact that our hope is rooted in Christ mm. so even even when we find ourselves in tough yeah. circumstances yeah. that actually there's hope which is beyond and bigger is yeah. just so much part yeah. of who we are isn't Brilliant. it Absolutely. and and the project the wellspring actually was founded by christians yeah. uh, by a roman catholic priest yeah. and then the, the churches around stockport all, all very much support it it's great yeah. really thank you father yeah. botter indeed Shout out. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely right now we're also going to meet ruth i think you sat down with, with, with did. ruth didn't you yeah. uh, do you enjoy that conversation it was fabulous we got together for the first time actually um ruth and susie who is the dean's pa who we might meet at some point as well later on um, and i all sat down as kind of pas or except susie and ruth are actually eas but anyway um from people who yeah work at this level across the diocese so yeah. um, well that's yeah. fine because you're a director of operations now, so yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've all got different moving touches. on up um, so yeah, no, and Ruth's amazing, so we should hear from her. Brilliant, well let's listen to Ruth. So my name is Ruth Lemel, uh, I'm based in Church House and I'm the Executive Assistant to the Secretary of the Diocese. Excellent. Which is George. Brilliant. And how long have you been doing that job? Um, almost a year because we're in April. Goodness <laughs> me, how is that happening? <laughs> so I started in April 2022. Don't regret any, any decision whatsoever. Love the place, love yeah. the people I'm working with. It's great. I love the connection that, mm -hmm. uh, that, uh, that between the cathedral and Bishop's House mm -hmm. and Church House. I think yeah. that's absolutely amazing. Yeah. And all the people I met so far, inspirational, yeah. role model. I learned so much from others, just the way how, how they deal with things in life and mm -hmm. perspectives. It's great. What are some of your favourite things about um, your role and your job and what you do? I love the contact with people. So whether it's people um, on a staff base or parishes, mm -hmm. 
you know, different different uh, questions coming in. Yeah. But it's just like the connection with other people yeah. and as well to be able to help them and to serve them. Yeah. Ever since before I started my job, I had this humongous impression like I'm here to wash feet. Wow. And so that's my picture, basically, where I sit at my desk yeah. and it's a little feet washing, feet washing, just as a reminder, I'm here and I want to be here to serve wow. the people in the And I think it's important to be out mm-hmm. And to be able, you know, meet meet people face to face. Like, hello, this is me. This is what I look like. Absolutely. Not just a voice. Yeah. It makes such like a, a difference, picture. doesn't it? Being yeah. able to see people and being, oh, yes. you're the person I harass yes. all the time with emails, <laughs> <laughs> constantly. I tend to write um, at the bottom of my emails if I can be of any further assistant. Just give me a shout, which is literally as well what I want to say yeah. here. Yeah. If you have any. If I can be of any assistance, just give me a shout, just send me an email, give me a call, that kind of thing. So, yeah, brilliant. We love the curveballs that come in. Oh, <laughs> it's always great when there's a bit of variety, so brilliant. Oh, yeah. thank you so much. Great to chat to you. And if there's one thing that we can be praying for for you um, in your role or based at Church House or anything, what would that be? I think if people could keep us in, in, in mind and in prayer, that the love for the diocese deepens, mm-hmm. for, for the people, for the places, mm-hmm. for the roles that we do. And I mean, it's a general thing that you could all, all, always pray, but yeah. definitely also for me and my role, mm-hmm. that's what I really wish for. And I love that image you were sharing about the foot washing. I think that's just so powerful and such a good reminder of what it is we're all here doing. Yeah. <laughs> We've come to serve. Thank you. Oh, it's amazing, isn't she? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I do love that. And, and I have to say, you embody this as well. That sense of what we are doing is ministry, is service, is serving one another, is serving the Lord, is serving communities. Mm-hmm. And there are sometimes when that's behind a computer screen, and there are sometimes when big mouths like me get up to preach to <laughs> loads of people or what have you uh, but that sense of and you coined a term for it I think you didn't you had ad ministry or something yeah completely by accident and I yeah I was wondering whether another theme of this podcast is me just making up words <laughs> um, but yeah no I was talking to my brother the other day and ad ministry came out quite by accident and he thought that was hilarious so yeah there we go <laughs> and there are so many hidden people and not just around the diocese although mm. those are lots of folk that we'll meet in the conversations you and I have mm-hmm. but actually in each and every parish and the hidden people who can serve with all sorts of things and as Ruth says just asking the question is the really key in the northeast where I was before we have this great saying shy Ben's getting out yeah and it's just really important to ask (laughs) him to share and to to be together and I love that she kind of picked up a little bit at the end she's talking about um increasing our love for the diocese which is brilliant and you know we should all be praying for that as well but actually getting down to the bottom of what we mean by the diocese because I think it's such an easy term to throw around and for some people it means one thing and they're able to put faces and names to what they actually mean and think of but for a lot of people it's just this huge anonymous <laughs> oh they're the people we have to pay our parish share to but we don't really know who it is but you know Ruth and others that work at Church House and you know they're all there and yeah. by the glint in your eye I think you know you're being slightly provocative to me because because <laughs> we use the word diocese in two ways don't we so there, there's the diocesan staff who exist mm. to serve at the churches and what have you mm-hmm. but actually for me the really important thing is mm-hmm. the Diocese of Chester is all 1.65 million people yeah. who live in this area of England that we yeah. serve and a bit of Wales actually we have 10 parishes in Wales Snuck them in. And, and I really hope there are 
folk listening to this who don't go to a church or don't go to a Church of England church but do live in Cheshire or Wirral or South Manchester and you are just as much part of the Diocese of Chester mm. as, uh, as me or as Rachel or as uh, Ruth we've just heard of because uh, God doesn't limit uh, what he does to the people who already belong but yeah. actually wants to invite other people as well. And yeah. apologies to those of you who don't attend a church and are listening to this for all the lingo that we are not explaining as we go along. We'll try and be better. <laughs> we are trying to do that. But one of the reasons the diocese matters to me mm. is because we can do stuff together and in yeah. a moment we're going to hear from Mike and we yeah. went to visit him just sitting by that massive window looking out on the amazing garden that they've done. Yeah. But that sense of how we can work together mm-hmm. in order to impact positively on the environment that we have. If Shirtcliffe. It's absolutely Dave Shercliffe. We've got the wrong one. It's my next episode. Oh, my goodness. What a little teaser that was. <laughs> well, should we listen to Dave then? Um, because Dave. Uh, you caught up with Dave at the end of Synod. Yes, um, who we found out. You know, was it last time or the time before we were talking about Synod? We were talking about Synod. Yeah. Um, and we bumped into him, didn't we? And then you uh, just uh, snuck off and had a conversation it with him. It was fantastic. Yeah, it was just absolutely fascinating. I could have spoken to him for days. Yeah. Well, let's listen to David then. So please let us know who you are. <laughs> well, uh, my name's Dave Shercliffe and I, I am a reader in, in the uh, diocese. Um, but at the moment we've got an interregnum and uh, so uh, uh, other ministers are, are sort of providing communion. Mm. And I'm, I've always had an interest in the environment. And um, I'm very blessed to be able to have, be able to get to a point where I've been in the business a long time. Mm-hmm. And I'm a civil engineer working for a manufacturer that makes materials that help uh, come up with environmental solutions Amazing. and usually they're green solutions and, and now it's becoming a blue solution which okay. is an interesting idea the idea of stopping flooding oh, by brilliant. using techniques yeah. as well as greening things up so okay. we're greening roofs greening slopes yeah. rather than pouring lots of concrete and interesting so what does the greening room what does that involve a greening a roof yeah well, yeah <clears throat> well uh, green roofs have been around for a while mm-hmm. they are good they have all sorts of properties One's insulation, another one is actually providing a way of of converting carbon dioxide into oxygen, Mm -hmm. photosynthesis Mm -hmm. and so on, Mm -hmm. and you can do that on your roof. Amazing. But you can also, on the same time, underneath that green roof, have a reservoir and collect water and attenuate it, as it's called, hold it back, and stop it rushing down the pipes and going into the river and flooding it downstream. So it's a green and blue solution. So it's green and blue solution. So I do a lot with erosion control, etc. But I use a particular technique, which is um, fabrics that you use in the ground, Mm -hmm. which can make soil do stuff that it it wouldn't do by itself. So it can stand up steeper and so on. Brilliant. But you can make it green. Now, what I've been doing is a lot of calculations to prove to engineers in civil engineering Mm. that you can save large percentages of carbon by not using concrete or stone or whatever and using a green geosynthetic solution. Brilliant. Now, that, as as um, someone who's passionate about environment Mm. and I'm driven by our... Uh, our Lord, who's mm. saying us, we, we have to look after this earth yeah. that we've been given. That's what the Bible tells me, I believe. Yeah. And so I have a privilege to sit on a number of committees where we're lobbying government on sustainable issues. Fantastic. And we have a solution. Yeah. Well, I have a solution. Yes. I'm one of many, many of my colleagues. Yes. The other great driver is that civil engineering uh, represents something like 26%, somebody's done a calculation, mm-hmm. of the carbon impact on the world's carbon 
emissions from human activity. Mm. So it's a big sector, yeah. and if I can put a little bit of a dent in that Absolutely. and say, here are solutions, yes. uh, but civil engineers are almost as slow as the Church of England. <laughs> Ble bless them all. <laughs> but they're cautious people for good yeah. reasons. Yeah. And yeah. same as Bishop Mark was saying about yeah. cautious about changing theology just like that. Yeah. Same sort of people, mm. but we have to galvanize them. Mm. And I'm very driven by, especially concerns that I've heard today yeah. about um, anxiety in mm -hmm. people and we we deserve to give them some answers about well and some options I think as well it's really important that people understand that there are other options out mm. there you know and, and for so long we've we've lived in a world where buildings tend to look the same and actually it's fantastic to see green roofs and, and places where you know environmental impact is being considered from the very beginning of a building not just after it's already there and like oh flip how can we chuck a couple of solar panels on the top to make it fit more green or as though it's having less of an impact so it's brilliant to hear that that's happening from the very beginning and and you were saying a little bit before about how you see this role as a ministry do you want to say a little bit more about that yes certainly I, you know I, I, um, I one of the things that has frustrated me in the past we can talk theoretically about stuff mm. I think theology is a live thing and yes. it's there and it, and it evolves and it changes and it develops and mm. God is a creative God and, and we are made as creative people mm. one of the privileges of being in civil engineering if you can get to changing things and create environments um, I just see this as a, 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 a God-given thing to do that mm. we if you have the principles that you're trying to make this earth a better place, yeah. we need to get people from A to B, civil engineers, we're told to make a road, yeah. but we've got an absolute uh, priority to make that with the least impact mm -hmm. on the environment. Mm -hmm. And then sometimes you can enhance it yeah. if you think um, creatively. Yeah. Um, and I, I see this as a, as a, as a, um, a God-given thing to do. Mm -hmm. And the Holy Spirit is, inspires people to be creative and I yeah. believe that's where all good things come from absolutely and I, I tried to share that people know in my industry that mm -hmm. I'm a Christian um, and and that's where I'm coming from yeah I don't preach at them but there's principles I pull out yeah whenever is appropriate to yeah. say this is what's our priorities yeah. and those priorities I believe are driven by uh, the gospel yeah which is about people mm. being made in the image of God mm. and worth um, worth looking after yeah. and the, the responsibility we've got as people mm. to answer to God for what we did with his word. Brilliant. Thank you so much. If we can be praying for you in any, any way, in the way, in your role, in your ministry, how can we be praying for you? To be, um, have more courage about standing up for the things that I believe are correct and not to be fobbed off by, oh, well, this is the way we've always done it mm -hmm. and to just politely and bravely stand up and say ah but yeah. you know we don't have any time left mm. you know people are saying to me how long does this this system work mm. and I said well 150 years mm -hmm. and the answer is what's our world going to look like in 150 years mm -hmm. if you're worried about whether it lasts that long yeah. Yeah. Let, we need to act now and let's be braver yeah. so please pray for me to graciously challenge mm. civil engineers to get on with it with the information that's under their noses and they have a responsibility to use. Will do. Thank you so much. So fascinating. <laughs> it's really good to <laughs> Thank hear. You. <laughs> Thank you. Lovely to talk.
fabulous. Well, it was great. We look forward to Mike next time. Absolutely. We listen, yeah, but, but yeah. And I think I just about gathered that it was a green roof, not a green room. Well, I had to pull your leg twice, so uh, obviously <laughs> roof and room are quite different. But I'm glad it's not only me that can't tell the difference between blue and green as well. Oh, well, right? yeah, okay, yeah. I thought you might bring that one up. <laughs> <laughs> You've got an amazing bag, and we completely disagree which colour it is. Yeah, it is grey, just for the record. <laughs> it's written in podcast, goes down history. Yeah. Uh, I didn't know about the the green and blue solutions here. I've heard okay. about green and blue solutions with hydrogen. Okay. Yeah. And one of the great things we have in in the northwest, and when we come back and do a proper series on the environment, I really want to get an interview with Hynet because we're actually one of the. Take your claim now. They'll be listening, no doubt. Yeah. Well, I really hope they will. Up to talk to us. It's, it's one of the great things about Cheshire is mm. that we've got this massive kind of hydrogen um, uh, capture storage and 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 then carbon capture project stuff that's going on, and lots of people just don't know yeah. about it. But there you get green hydrogen and grey hydrogen and, and blue hydrogen okay, as well. Which so is a real nightmare yeah. if you can't tell the difference between the colours. I know, but you get grey as well in that one. But this idea of caring for the water supply and mm. and the kind of greening up uh, just makes a massive difference. Yeah. And I, I absolutely adore it when I go past a building that has loads of plants covered on one side of it. Yeah. It just makes such a difference. And yeah. I don't know if it's just because I like being outside and I like the sunshine and I like the plants, but it does look so mm. much better. And there are so many other benefits. I just had a quick look then and um, it reduces noise pollution. It you know reduces the fact that um, it cools the urban environment apparently and it obviously also yeah. reduces the risk of fire. Yeah. Apparently. There's just there's so many benefits yeah. but not just um, yeah, environmental. Yeah. Just So I didn't know about the fire but it definitely cools it because all the hard concrete just reflects the heat and makes mm. the urban environment yeah. two or three degrees. Like it reflects the noise. Yeah, that's yeah. absolutely right. And presumably improves air quality and stuff as well. So. And one of the things we're really keen on in the diocese is trying to be creative about how we use our buildings. Yeah. Uh, obviously we've got church buildings, everyone knows that, but mm. we've got quite a lot of halls Uh, So many, not all, but of our churches would have halls with them. Mm -hmm. And of course our clergy live somewhere, so we've got a lot of vicarages around the place. And people think, well, you can't put solar panels on the roof of the church. Mm -hmm. Uh, But actually, we put solar panels on the roof of the cathedral. Yes, we did, and that was very exciting. (laughs) It caused a bit of a social media storm, that one, didn't it? (laughs) (laughs) It's fun to be in the middle of a social media storm. Yeah. The other thing I really like about that recording, is it's recorded in in Synod, but the The background noise, (laughs) and that sense of, this is the stuff that is happening in the everyday life and world Uh, just I thought was a very powerful kind of well, absolutely, and the fact you know that it wasn't David's role to be there as a representative of an eco forum or anything. He was just there as someone who is a reader in the diocese, mm-hmm. attends diocese and synod, has this really interesting thing, to st- and then starts talking about it. So we're able to capture that, which is mm-hmm. yeah. Exactly now, just talking about jargon, you've just talked about somebody being a reader in the diocese. Oh, I've got a note mean? in front of me that says, "What's a reader?" Well, do tell us, what's a reader? <laughs> a reader is someone who is lay, who we've talked about before. Mm-hmm. So they are a non-ordained person that works in the diocese, but they're usually mm-hmm. in a voluntary capacity. Mm-hmm. They're all in a voluntary capacity. They'll have done something called reader training. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they uh, help out in parish churches by preaching and leading services. They have your license. They do have my license. They're very special people. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And um, yeah, no, it's just one of the many, many ways that people who aren't ordained contribute to the life and work of the church. And the idea to say a bit more reader. about a reader. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so that idea is that they bridge between um, the, the, the kind of everyday world outside the church mm. and the inside of the church. Mm-hmm. And whereas uh, clergy very often, not always, but very often concentrate on uh, 
the, the life of, of, of the church and taking that out. The idea is readers, in many ways, concentrate on the life of the, the world around mm. um, and then bringing that in. So uh, most of them would have other uh, other things they do Monday yeah. to Friday, which yeah, is just yeah. really important. Yeah, it's really uh, nice. And here we've got somebody who's mm. deeply involved in that kind of engineering and ecological side of, yeah. of, of, of things. Yeah, absolutely. So it's really important. Yeah, absolutely fascinating. That's really, really good. It's mm-hmm. great. So, Rachel, after this episode, what are you taking away with you as your kind of take home? Oh, I um, I love the link of um, the ability to offer hope. Mm. So uh, we've touched about it before with respect to the environmental stuff. And we have hope that there is going to be restoration of the earth. Mm. Uh, but that doesn't diminish our responsibility to take it seriously, that we are not doing a good job of doing it now. Um, so, yeah, being able to offer hope not only to... Um, individuals that walk through the door of a church and there is no criteria mm. for you to be able to walk through the no, door that's of a right. church. Everybody can. Yeah. Everybody can and everybody is welcome and we are always there. Um, so we offer the hope that we have in God mm-hmm. and the hope that he offers but also are able to hold on to the hope that of the promises he's given us that um, all is not lost, mm-hmm. not only with the world but ourselves <laughs> and looking back over years and years obviously of, of kind of ministry years. around around the church mm. just those conversations where you're talking to somebody and suddenly the penny drops that actually can be hope for them as well yeah. Yeah. honestly it's just I can't think of a way of describing it. It's life comes into Not the room. Not that you didn't have hope for them before the conversation, but they thought there was no hope for them. Absolutely right. Yeah, yeah. And then they kind of glimpse that what Jesus has done actually makes a difference yeah, in the here yeah, and now. Yeah. And it's just that's just yeah, wonderful. Extraordinary. Really. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. And I think the thing that I'm taking away... Oh, sorry, I thought that was the thing that you were taking no, away. No, 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 I, I, I was taking two things now. I'm taking some of yours <laughs> and, and I'm taking my own. Yeah. Um, well, it's that kind of building, isn't it? So um, I honestly don't know whether Aaron has a Christian faith of his own. He may do, may not. That wasn't what we were particularly talking about. Mm. But actually, I say it doesn't matter. Of course it matters, and I want everybody to discover the, the kind of joy that I've discovered in Christ. But... Uh, we partner with people in order to serve communities mm. of every faith and none, and we gladly and willingly and wholeheartedly work alongside people. Yeah. And then that sense of uh, Ruth uh, just as much doing a ministry as she ad- uh, does ad- administration mm-hmm. uh, in Church House with George. Um, and then here we have somebody um, who's yes, has a role in the church, but it almost feels like the more important ministry that's being offered is out in the world in, in engineering. Mm. And that sense, and I love the picture you know, that Jesus gives of us being salt and that kind of coming out of the salt shaker and being kind of scattered all over the chips or whatever it is. And yeah. um, that sense of us being in every community, in every place. And I kind of hope that as we listen to this, we just get a bit more confidence, like Dave was saying, uh, just to be authentically Christian where we are, to let Christ make a difference in the schools and the uh, factories and in the universities and on the buses and, you know, wherever we happen to be, because that's the world that Jesus came to change. So I think that's the thing that I take away. Brilliant. That was one and a half. It's quite greedy, but... Very good. Yeah, but as we glimpse grace, that's what happens. It just grows, <laughs> doesn't it? Absolutely. We'll see you next time, and we will be with Mike. Can't wait. <laughs>